Big Bad Will Schofield. We finally got you on the podcast, brother. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm loving the beanie. We're all wearing towels today. So we didn't even send the text to let each other know that that's the uniform today, but we're all feeling the vibe and we're all looking good. So hello and welcome. Do, do we need to text each other about wearing Terry Towelings or is that just accepted that that's what we do? I think that's just what we do now. You well, know? At the time of recording, you've come, you've done us a, a big solid here and you're a day after a Bucks party and you're looking pretty good. You're sounding pretty good, but maybe we just haven't <laughs> yeah, haven't shut up yet, you know? <laughs> well, um, I think your life definitely changes when you have kids and you learn to adapt with no sleep. So I'm, uh, I'm good to go most days, boys. So this is good. Good to be with you. Let's talk about no sleep because you've been having some troubles lately and trying to balance that with building out stuff. It's pretty hard or you're just learning it or... So my, my daughter, Matilda, she's one or four, 14 months now. So we've been in the, the thick of it like... The trenches. Just living life and trying to still work for yourself, do business. And then I didn't... I'm someone who last year when we're doing stuff, mm. I was going to bed early as like... Seven o'clock. Seven, eight o'clock. I'm in bed. I'm thinking, fuck it. I smashed today. I done work today. I'm going to bed. I'll be up in wow. the morning. We'll start early. But I had no... Em was pregnant. You know, I was in fantasy land. And then now like interrupted sleep, uh, like super early starts... I walk around half the day and I don't know what I fucking have, what I've done. <laughs> yeah. you know? It gets a bit like that. Like I'm in the studio now, which is in our garage downstairs. It sounds maybe worse than it is. It's a it's a big garage, big um, old Italian place we rent, and um, it's got like a big big six car garage underneath. But because I'm sort of working from home, effectively. Um, the the lack of sleep, but then the balancing from you know work to family to someone's got to duck out or that that's been you know not yeah it's challenging but like it, it's an interesting dynamic you know compared to a nine to five at a bank or you know any any business where you really just sit down at your desk and clock on clock off like do you, you like know, what the we're doing from here home? um I. Do yeah, I would say the positives outweigh the negatives, um, and the negatives aren't really that bad, and the positives are awesome. Yeah, um, means we're so flexible. Like I reckon last year, I either walked my my four year old to school or picked him up every every day, um, just because you know it's around the corner and can just walk out. Whereas you got to you know even even playing footy, you can't do that. So been pretty fortunate with that, and it's it's definitely you know yeah the flexibility is awesome, but sometimes you're like oh shit, like I haven't I haven't left the house for six days um so yeah that, that's the challenges i reckon lock gets me like i've been doing i'm at home I, like lock comes through we spend most of half the day doing stuff then half the day i'll go home we'll have our separate stuff to do and i'll try and concentrate but then i'm the same if i get to go and like take the dog for a walk or have a play in the afternoon or i'm on daddy duties like matilda's now walking and stuff so she come into the office open the door and it's like well i'm getting i'm so un- i was very productive from home last year mm. or the year before and then now i reckon my productivity now i'm i'm, I'm shocking yeah i'm noticing it too yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh. but mate i'd love to get into to pods i think that what what you're building uh at Backchat is just is pretty crazy and i think it's an interesting journey love to get into some stuff in sports later but let's talk about pods for a bit how did you get into it oh um yeah, look, I started um I started a podcast with Kale Morton. So um uh he was uh drafted to Melbourne, then then got rookie listed to West Coast in about 2010. We started, I think we called it Squawk Talk. And it yeah, was I the, played with Mitch. Mitch Morton. Yeah. Well, there you go. Morton's. So of course he did, yeah, at Richmond. Yeah. So like Kale and I did this pod and then um uh he got delisted. Kel Kel Sinclair came on who it changed a few names and and then towards the back end of my career we started doing back chat about 2015 2016 sam butler myself and steve bandy and it was it was a club podcast we'd have a player on every every week and it was just you know genuine shit talk and and interview the guests but it was trying to be a bit different to the the usual you know media bullshit that goes on you know talking about footy we'd ask him everything other than footy put a stupid photo up every week and it went really well. Um, the back end of my career, the year before I retired, I, I stopped it, and um, and and I sort of had control. I, I mean, I'd, I'd built the whole thing for ten years, really, so I sort of had control of the IP effectively. I stopped it for a year, and then came out of footy. Um, I started a, a different business in um, uh, 
digital marketing, started a digital marketing business with my mate. And something somewhere there, I was like, I should start the podcast back up. So we started up and then, um, uh, yeah, we've gone kind of uh, skyrocketing from, you know, we literally were sitting down with a couple of microphones in a uni spare, like it was like a, like a, like a closet and, um, and we had no equipment, we had nothing. And to sort of where we are now, I'm sitting now, we got about 20 microphones, we got four different sets, we got eight cameras, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a pretty wild uh, development, but it's happened pretty quick, but I have been doing podcasts for oh, 10 years or so. Yeah, you've developed them skills. I mean, you've been working on it for 10 years or so. What was the moment then when you, you come out of retirement or whatever, you started the pod again? What what was it? What grew legs? Was it early doors when you just kicked it off with the first episode and you're like, this is the direction I want to take it? Like, maybe I can be a bit looser now that I'm not on a list and we can tell stories. Is that part of it too or not really? I don't know. Yeah, like the podcast, but also I did a lot of media, I've, you know, tried to like, I was hosting the West Coast TV show, you know, any media opportunity I jump out, I was on radio once a week and do as much as possible just to get more and more experience. And so when I came out, I did want to work in the media, but, um, you know, I, pr- probably my style and, and the way I do it, it's pretty similar to my my playing persona, I guess. Like, I, you know, I don't bet around the bush too much, pretty can be opinionated, but I'm, I'm happy to, you know, go both ways with arguments and and all of that sort of stuff. So there is like definite, definite skills in it, but the podcasting stuff, I don't know. So Dan, Dan Const, who's my, my business partner and co-host on Backchat, um, we met at the ABC. I was doing um, summer arvos on the ABC, which was absolutely joyful, but um, taught me a lot. Had to You had to panel and you had to you know host at the same time. You didn't have a producer that would panel for you. So I was sort of running this afternoon show and Dan was my producer, but he was, you know, on the other side of the glass doing absolutely fuck all. Um, <laughs> but we we used to talk over at the ABC about doing podcasts and like how how fun would it be to do podcasts for a living? Um, you know, if you could get paid to talk shit and really be independent. That was what you know, really exciting for me. There's plenty of media companies out there you can work for, but the independency and, and the ability to set your own, you know, agenda was exciting. And then we started it and then we sort of pretty rapidly grew it. Like, you know, don't really do things in half. So once we started doing it, I was like, right, how can we grow this? How can we make money? How can we get paid? How we can how can we hire people? And um, yeah, it's been a pretty big journey. I haven't reflected on it too much though, which is why I was pretty keen to have a chat to you because um yeah you know, you know like you boys know you, you get stuck into the business side of things and you just you know every day rolls into the next you don't sit down and think about what you've done or achieved how much how much time were you spending when, they, when you when you said you don't do things in halves you kick <laughs> off like what was it what does a normal day look like at the initial like building back of the traction of what you're doing well i'd i'd <laughs> i was already building a business so i was building this digital marketing agency and so i was doing the podcast on like a wednesday night um and it was literally dan and i We'd write an agenda and we just talk shit. And then we we event like I, I really didn't want to do guests because I know what the logistics are and organizing a guest every week. And once you start, and the same with the pod, like once you start doing something, you can't stop it. Otherwise, you just lose the audience instantly. Like you one week off and you lose you lose the audience. So once we did the first guest, that just like put us in motion to, you know, that that, you know, I think our who was our first guest? Oscar Allen, maybe. Shit, that's bad. I don't know who our first guest was, but um, yeah, once we started doing guests, you know, it, it pretty quickly turned into you know a lot of time. You know, um, you know, if I wasn't doing work at the digital marketing company, I was doing podcast stuff, and then it, you know, it slowly took over, and I, and I sold that business back to my business partner, and I've effectively been full time with the podcast, with some other media stuff around it for probably. I don't know, 10 months. So, and like it's a seven day thing because it's all it is is content creation, really. If you break it down, you're creating content, whether it be digital over socials or, you know, for people to listen to or people to watch. Um, it's just content creation. So, you know, you don't really get days off, unfortunately, but we love it. It's good. Well, you talk about it a lot is like the elements outside of just the content creation, like the engagement, the band available to respond back to people like if you've got listeners who say something or want to know something i'm sure that you're you're, you're in there 
talking to them. You know what I mean? Like I've seen you done the events, you catch up. It's, there's so much more to it that I think people underestimate how much goes into it. That's not just, they say you do the pod and see it goes out, but there's a, there's so much. Oh yeah. Oh, like, like for one show, we, we, we film like, so we've got, we've got five shows in our network now. Um, so Backchat Studios is our, is our, you know, podcast creation company effectively. Um, so we've got five shows there. Our back chat sort of um, variety show that we do on a gets released on a Tuesday. Like we record from uh, like six p.m. on a Monday through to like ten p.m. every Monday, um, and then the guest is just when we can do them. Um, we we try to stay a week ahead in that, um, and, and then yeah, like yeah, it, it just very rapidly grows with what you what you need as well. So like yeah, it is it is content creation, but you're right, you have to engage the audience. Um, you know, how, and how do you monetize it really? Because it, it's all it's all good and well. Like, um, you want to make good stuff for good people, and and really, you know, engage with people. But you, people need to get paid. You can't can't roll around doing it for free. So, you know, we're you know figuring figure like we 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 knew nothing when we started. Like literally nothing. Like we we had no idea how to use YouTube. We had no idea how to use TikTok. I didn't even never opened a TikTok account. Um, and then monetizing, like, so, you know, Patreon or, or sponsorship or um, YouTube monetization, like, it's it's sort of like figuring all that on the fly as you go, trying to get paid, a couple of kids, Dan's got a couple of kids, <laughs> trying to figure it all out. But I don't know, fake it till you make it, I suppose. Fuck, oh, man. Bro, it's, I feel like it's the same shit, isn't it? Yeah, well, you're, you're the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I left a pretty safe job to go into what we're doing and, like, the pod and, and monetization, but doing it right like we're always you mentioned like you don't put content out for a week people might disappear we're very we're we're very aware of the fact that what we put out we we have a platform and we curate what goes out there we're, if we we fuck it up then people will leave and we don't have the opportunities that we're getting now so it's like at the same time you don't want to i've got a kid we're we're not we went backwards in making cash to build it to do the start but everything's pointing in the right direction but you don't you can't just turn on and start creating this stuff but the people perceive as free but it's a lot of time energy and effort to do it right so it's that we've seen a a few people struggle like with pods they expect like as soon as they start one that it'll be their full-time thing and it's like well it's not really it's you know i mean we we not that we cheated but like i I jumped a few hurdles already with with like you know a a platform already having a you know a public you know, platform in having played for West Coast and, you know, people in the, in the West know me and ha- had a social following. Like, I think it'd be even more difficult to start something up if you're, you know, just a regular Joe Blow. But, you know, in having said that, like, it took us, oh, I reckon it took us close to six months to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And, um, and like, I think we we're aiming for, like I, th- I think we we're aiming for like a thousand listeners a week, and then we were trying to shoot for a thousand subscribers on YouTube, and it took us like six months. Like it was literally we we're just sitting like, like it just it just was a plateau. Like once we like tipped over that edge, it's sort of you know just gone bananas. But for those six months, like uh, yeah, I would say a lot of people would just stop because you're not getting anything. You're not you don't have any sponsorship. You you don't see any rewards. You might be putting it out to uh, five hundred people, and it's like. Why? Like, I might as well just sign and I sign up somewhere and piss this right off. I fucking love that. Hey, what have you learned about content? Then you're doing the digital marketing stuff. You, you do it yeah. now, like you're an expert in what this is. How do you see content, especially in the in from a sports media? Yeah, the sports media thing's the interesting thing. I mean, like the digital marketing stuff was really cool for me because I, I got to learn about paid social. So you know. Paid, paid ads, Google ads, even email marketing and website builds. Like that, that's all cool skills that I was able to learn and then sort of bring into what we do a bit. We do a bit of paid social with some of the stuff we do. But like the sports media like landscape, um, look, I, what, what I love is like we're able to be independent. And, and what I think is the gap in the market in, in sports media is an independent voice that, I, I, I don't know, I say we're pro-guest or we're pro like – we're not trying to fuck anyone over. Like we're not trying to get a scoop. We're not trying to get a story. Hey, we love like getting a story and putting it on socials, but the best ones are, you know, so, you know funny story. I like, interviewed Mitch Marsh yesterday and oh, it's, uh, two days ago. And he, he told this story about um, they've got the fast bowlers cartel or something. Right. And you have to bowl over 140 kilometers an hour to get into the Australian fast bowler cartel. 
Anyway, he's telling his story. He's like out in the middle of the pit. They're playing India. He hadn't bowled 140 for the match. Um, he's bowling at Virat Kohli, and he's he's not even thinking about where he's he's just worrying about bowling 140 k's so he gets to stay in the cartel. He's bowling balls. He's looking up at the scoreboard. He's you know what a cracking story. I think if that gets told like on a different platform, you know, Channel Seven or, or radio, it gets ripped into. You know, it, it, they're trying to like, oh, well, Mitch Marsh isn't focused is kind of the take. Whereas, you know, I think what we're we're doing and, and my experience as a footballer, being on the other end of the media, like the, the, there's great journalists, but I, I would say there was some poor ones too that give the industry a bit of a bad name. And and and, and that comes around, um, you know, how 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 athletes and, and how talent is treated and, and like they're looking for the scoop, which which is – you know, how, that's how media works. They're going to sell papers. They're going to sell their shows. But that's not what, you know, that's what, that's not how we operate or how, what we stand for. You humanize them. You know what I mean? Like you're, they're allowed yeah. to have different yeah. elements to their person. They're allowed to be in, interested in different things. Like if you weren't interested in different things, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. The 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 JL one, so Justin Langer, we had him at the, you know, the end of last year. And um, look, it was it was great for us as a podcast and a business. Um, we went to number one podcast. Like, we we're the top three podcasts in Australia, like overall, number one sport podcast. It was it was crazy. But it actually was one of the guest interviews last year that, like, made me feel really uneasy because JL was so open and honest and, you know, it was such a great chat. And, um, you know, what a few things he said on the pod got pulled by mainstream and just taken out of proportion – I was saying, you know, Justin Lay calls Pat Cummins a coward. Like, genuinely, like, couldn't be further from the truth. But that was, you know, that's that sells papers, right? And so, well, we were sort of in this sticky predicament with that one where, you know, we had such a great chat with JL. I, I was, you know, I probably just identify, like, how we're different. We did the interview and like, he'd said some stuff and I knew it was going to blow up. Like, you know, who he is and, and the interest around it. And I, I rang him that day and I said, oh, mate, I reckon a fair bit of that stuff's gonna you know, go pretty wild. And he's like, "No, no, all good, all good." And I said, "Mate, I'll, I'll clip it up and send it to you. If if you don't like it, we'll cut it. We'll just literally cut it. Like we got no interest in you know pushing you know things that are gonna put you in a bad way." He said, "No worries. Can I send it to the boys?" So he sent it to Pat Cummins and um, Payne and, and all the boys, and he got sort of a big approval and came back to us. And we went back and forward for probably I don't know two weeks over it, just just because I wanted him to be comfortable with what we're putting out. Where, like if, if we're Channel 7 or whatever, it's like record first. Like Wednesday, like get it out that night and like let's fucking go. So that's what's cool. The long form stuff's really cool in terms of content. Like I love being able to sit down and, and chat for an hour. Um, that's so different to what exists really. Like there's there's podcasts, but a- a- anything else, you know, radio, TV, even written uh, you, you get 10 minutes with an athlete or, or someone. So that's that's what I love about the long form, independent, you know, pro guest. I love that. It's the trust, isn't it? And it's because you've been there before. You can speak from firsthand experience. And like, that's the thing. If you can develop them relationships, I'm sure footy teaches you a lot of that too, being in team environments, like managing relationships and stuff like that. So that's exactly how we feel too. You know, like never want to shine anyone in a negative light to put you further ahead or anything like that. It's just showing what's real. And that's, that's like curating that experience, you know? Yes. It's very similar to what you guys put out. Right. So, you know, that's, yeah. I I just love the, you know, I love good stories. Like we've had some, you know, real, real heavy hitting shit on the pod as well. You know, Lewis Jetto is one of my best mates played with him at West coast. He spoke about suicidal depression. He spoke about his, um, you know, family relationships and stolen generation part. You know, it's it, you know we, we hit some big topics. Dan Venables, who's had to retire from footy from concussion. You know, speaking about some of the stuff he goes through day to day. Like, we get to some deep shit, but you don't have to do it in a way where the guest walks away feeling dirty. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I, I hope not. Anyway, I tell you it what feels about, good about it. You know, yeah, Lewis Jeddah. Yeah, he was one of my favorite players. Yeah, you loved him. Oh, he just he was like so quick. Electric. Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he kick like like a crazy amount of points before he kicked a goal or something? Yeah, was yeah, yeah. Kicked like twenty seven points before his first goal. How crazy that he's just he's still having pinging shots though. Yeah, you're getting all he's not passing them. He's just pinging them. <laughs> he's one of the, he's one of the great men, Lewis Jetta. He's a, I was with him yesterday. Good man. There you go. Well, do you want to get into some footy? Yeah, let's let's talk about it. you. You've had 
Love to get into your career. No, you grew up in Geelong. We're down in Torquay at the moment. So big shout out to. Um, We've been looking for the Will Schofield statue, but we can't find it anywhere. Jan you Juck, boys. I'm a, I'm my old man's a life member at Jan Juck. So you just, you just up the road. You're looking oh, in the wrong spot. I was there last night. Jan Juck fish and chips. There you shout go. Out, there you go. That's <laughs> crazy. Do you, when do yeah. you come back? Do you ever come back or? Nah. Yeah, I mean, couple last couple of years have been bullshit with COVID, but um, you know, prior to that with footy, you know, we just you know, when we come back from Melbourne games, um, come back every second Christmas, try to anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in Geelong. Um, spent yeah a lot of time down Torquay Janjuk Way, hot uh, family holiday house in St Andrews Drive, just uh, behind the golf course there, and so yeah, like. I, I couldn't believe how much Torquay's changed. The last time I was there, well, I was used to driving around there's paddocks everywhere and blah, blah, blah. It's like suburbia. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, it's They're saying in the next like two years, the population's going to double in this like, little pocket down here. It's like, yeah. it's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's pretty. No epic. wonder it's fucking, place yeah. is beautiful. You know? yeah, yeah, good spot. But how's, yeah. how's like you, how long have you been living in WA now? Um, More than, oh, it's probably half my life. It's my birthday three days ago. Happy birthday, thanks. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm 34 now and I moved here when I was 17. So, um, yeah, so 17 years. Is that right? Yeah. That's insane. So packing up your life then at 17, were you excited, scared, nervous, or just pumped that you're playing? And then you never would have thought maybe forever here or you did? Um, oh, yeah, I was excited. Uh <laughs> It was a funny little story. I, I had a girlfriend at the time and you know, high school sweetheart. And um didn't didn't wanna didn't want to get drafted out of Geelong because I, you know, it was so I rang my manager the couple of a week before the draft, said, Tell anyone interstate, don't draft me, I'm not leaving, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I actually had some really good chats with a couple of players that that are moving into state and pretty much soothed soothed those fears. It was just a 17-year-old kid that didn't know what was going on, was probably a bit scared. But once I got drafted, it was the best thing ever for me. Um, West Coast. So at the time, I got drafted at the end of 2006. Um, so they just won the flag. Um, you know, the, the you know the infamous, I suppose. You know, drug drug culture was was a, was a big deal when I got over. You know, Ben Cousins was removed from the footy club at the start of that that next year. Chris, um, or midway through that year, Chris Judd got traded at the end of 07. Um, uh, he was my you know captain when I first got to the club and sort of spent then the next sort of three or four years rebuilding the culture. And um, I, I learned so much as a young bloke being in a footy footy team. And I've been able to turn, if we you know, turn it back to business, you know, what I learned in, in footy clubs, not, not only you get the mateship and and the, the relationships and that sort of thing, but I think, you know, competitiveness is a big thing in business. Um, you you got to want it. Um, consistency and, 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 you know, structure like i you know learned that in a big way at footy clubs if you, if you don't do the same thing all, all the time um you get spat out very quickly now i wasn't the i wasn't the most talented i had talent and i was you know a good runner you know good kick but i wasn't the most talented and saw lots you know lots more talented kids come come and go as i was there but i think probably my biggest strength was you know um, my competitiveness, but internally, you know, off the field, it was probably the ability to manage people a bit. And that's like coaches, um, you know, your mates you're competing with in positions, um, assistant coaches, hierarchy, sponsorship, TV, like you, you get a really great exposure to a, like a big range of things in a footy club. You got finance, you got membership, you got marketing, um, and, and then all the uh, ins and outs of the medical side as well. So, it was a pretty big apprenticeship for me, but having said all that, um, coming out of the game's fucking hard. Like I, you know, I might sound like I know what I'm doing, but I had, you know, I had little to no idea what what to do once footy finished, which sounds ridiculous. But um, oh, when people ask about it, I, I do say like you don't see um, a lawyer studying to be a doctor um, while while they're you know the best in the country, or you know, an accountant isn't isn't studying. Um, to be a, or you know, they're not starting a plumbing business while they're an accounting, you know, like. Was it Tom Swift? It, he, yeah, Swifty. Turned well, into a yeah. doctor or something? Yeah, correct. But like Swifty's thing was he hated, he hated game day. He loved training, but he just fucking hated game day. Whereas. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird mix. Oh, yeah. So like, 
I, I don't know. I just think like if you're the top in the country at something, whether it be podcasting or footy or business or whatever it is, you need to put your effort into that, right? Like, yes, you've got life after footy and it's a you know short-term thing, but you need to focus and commit and and devote your life to what you're doing. So yes, I, I had plans. I studied law while I was at, at, at footy, but never finished the degree. I did lots of different like placements and work placements and lots of media, but I didn't come out with, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So um, it's a pretty big learning curve. Like I, I'm still, still sort of figuring it out out here in the real world, but enjoying it. It's pretty crazy. Like I've, I've talked about my experience coming out. Like I got two years in the system just before I turned 20, I was gone. Thought about trying to get back in, played VFL, played over in in Darwin, thought about moving my life to WA. Had to look at it. I'm like, I'm I'm five nine, six seventy kilos of drooping wet. Yeah, you know, like a tackle, that's a tackle, <laughs> but kicks, goals, you know. And, and it's like I, I had to make the call. I went to uni, I got a job, uh, had a, did a knee injury at 25. But for, for I've talked about it all the mm. time. Best part of the decade. I got that's a long time ago now for me. But I spent my whole twenties, I'm 31 now, my whole twenties trying to figure out where my space in the world was. Because as a kid, I grew up thinking all I was going to be was a professional athlete and I got it. And like a bit like yourself, I'd love to get into some ath stuff because I'm a fucking ath snuffy, bro. I love it. Yes. I had, op- I had options as a kid to play sport. And then when it didn't work out, I- I've really struggled to find and find my pathway into finding something that I like. And landing in pods, I tried a lot of different things, had a corporate career, worked in the things where I sat in office, like, Worked at the big Telstra's where you literally sit in a cubicle for hours a day where I have a story where people are so unhappy with their life that they were shitting on the floor in the toilets. That was you, though. You blame other like, people. I was working at Telstra, 35 Collins Street, in the city, and people were shitting on the floor. You what know what I mean? Like Unhappy stuff. And, and I'm like, meeting, I was miserable. Had, like, it's like, how do you, again, like finding something now, podcast, second wind, it's not an easy thing because you. my brain was wide. Like I was gonna high achievers i was gonna do this and then it doesn't do it anymore like all right what do i do now (laughs) yeah well i just think it's it's a tricky thing is you see a lot of people struggle there's a lot of stuff like that comes out the back of it but i just think if you've tried lots of things you know a lot of people don't try other stuff and i think that you've gone out there and you've met all the different people in the different departments you've tried dipping your toes in this you've started that you've at least had a crack and like learn what you don't like you know yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree, and and I like I don't know what the solution is for for athletes. It's not just AFL because yeah, you know, AFL is is the best in Australia at looking after past players. So, you know, other sports would be way worse. I don't know what the solution is because I, I am a firm believer that like if you're going to make a good crack at it, like you can't you can't be you know it's it's very difficult to be doing other stuff properly. You know, you can have little side hustles or yeah, little work placements, but you can't go and have another job while you while you're playing. It's not possible. So I don't know what the solution is, but yeah, yeah, maybe it is, you know, just doing as much as possible and speaking to as many people as possible and contacts and, well, you know, all, all of that. But yeah, yeah, I, I definitely still find myself daily like, fuck, what am I actually doing? Like, what, yeah, maybe, maybe I should just go get a job where, I, you know, get get your hundred k. Um, I don't know, go do something boring and just clock on, clock off. Don't have to worry about anything. But I've definitely always been drawn my whole my whole life, but. Definitely, you know, adult life to, you know, doing, you know, when, when I put the work in, it benefits me. And it sounds selfish, but like you go and work for a big corporation and, the, you know, you work your ass off and for what? Like for money. Um, whereas, you know, what we're doing here, yes, we can get some money, but like the work is directly, um, you know, correlated to to like the effort you put in comes back to you, not, you know, not anyone else, which in the media world, like, I like I don't I'm not signed with anyone, so I do I do pretty much I, I like to say I just talk shit for a living on different platforms. So I got podcast um, with Backchat, and then I do six PR over here, my radio station I'm aligned with, but I, they don't employ me. I'm a contractor. I do Fox Footy stuff again, contracted with them, um, and then Code um, Sports. I write write articles with them, and um, I'm not employed by any of them, which which is is risky, um, but. It, it means I can be independent. I'm not answerable to anyone, which I have been for a long time. So I, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that aspect. I think you become like a magnet. You know what I mean? I think it's really important what you're doing, especially like we had Andy, Andrew Welsh on and what he's doing with um, development and stuff like that. I think 
you become like this lighthouse for people where they go, oh, I like the way they do it. Like, there's different ways because it does feel like the the Wild West at the moment, especially in the media sort of landscape, you know. So the fact that like it is like contractors, that's we play in that world too, you know what it's I mean? It's like the gig economy but different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like the same way people talk about doing Uber drivers and that like you set your life up to suit yourself. You want to be able to do the school drop-offs and stuff and not feel guilty that you're not doing something you're meant to be doing, but that's your life. You're entitled to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to get into um, this year. Yeah. Let's talk footy for a bit. Did You you reckon the Coasters are going to make the, the top eight this year? They're going to make the finals? Yeah. So, um, obviously, two-team town over here in the West. So, I think, I think well, I'll start on Frio. I think I think Frio, um, look, you know, they'll, they'll improve again and be top four. I think they'll be top of the ladder after six rounds. They've got a pretty cushy first six rounds. So, I think they'll be sitting on top of the ladder, which – you know, as a as a younger side, which they are, like if they start like that, there'll be just huge belief in the group and I can see them having a big year. They've got some question marks for her though, like um yes, they got Luke Jackson in, but they don't have um you know, they lose Rory Lobb. So they, they don't have this dominant forward line that, you know, maybe a Geelong does with with Cameron and Hawkins, but um they've got a really good midfield, um, which they've added um Yager Amira to and then um They've got a really good back line. So I think they're going to have a big year. And then, yeah, West Coast. Look, uh, last year I really got up and running Flag Mantle and we sold a fair bit of merch on the back of it, which was great. Um, and so I thought this year, got to got to have something for the West Coasters. So we're going with, it's time for West Coast fans to believe, right? So we, the believe goals. So we couldn't do anything with the Premiership Cup because I don't think they're going to win the flag. But I do think they're going to make the top eight. Um, you know, history says that two teams drop out and two teams come up every year and um, did our predictions the other day and, and West Coast and Carlton were my two to come up out of the bottom bottom sides and uh, Sydney and the Western Bulldogs to drop out after a grand final for Sydney. How long do you take like analysing the season and predictions and thinking about clubs and lists and stuff like that? Is there nights where you just spend on clubs and think about, because yeah, obviously with media commitments, you, you're asked for predictions and stuff like that. How 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 deep do you go with the analysis on all the clubs and how much time do you spend on it? Can I tell you a secret, boys? <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah, probably true. not as much as you think. I, I really love footy and I watch a lot of it. I watch like almost all games and that's about it. Like I don't... And I, and I, and I, you know, I heavy on Twitter. So, you know, f- follow all the media stuff. But, you know, there's, de- there's definitely guys that will roll into games with, you know, a couple of like an A3 page of just research and it's crazy. And like these are the play by play callers. Adam Papalia, one, one of the best in the business. His preparation's crazy. I was fortunate enough to work with Dennis Cometti um, a couple of years ago. And he, he drove me to the game, actually. It was a highlight. Came, picked me up from a house and drove me to the game. And we walked in together and great, great guy, Dennis. And um, you know, I got up these elevators. I've never been into the media center before. I was still playing when we did this and I'd never been into the media center at Optus Stadium. And we went up and just chatting away. And we like literally what was so funny. The, the doors open and the media center is the Dennis Cometti Media Center. And I just like, I'm standing next to him looking at this. So I'm like, well, it's good to uh, be in good company, I suppose, Dennis. Yes, Will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes it pays to know people in high places or something like that. <laughs> but like his preparation's crazy. Like he, he has like four pages of, of tiny writing just on every player. Crazy. Where You know, I, I shoot from the hip a bit, which probably catches me out sometimes, but I would say predominantly I can form opinions pretty quick. I can, I can, you can ask me literally anything. I'll be able to answer it. I know most of the players. I'm a big fantasy player. I love, I love my fantasy footy. So that helps that, that honestly, I reckon, you know, I get some people give us a bit of shit about it, but it like really helps with, you know, recognizing who's playing well and who's not. I mean, you're trading players in and out and who's in your team and stats, you know, that I do a lot of fantasy footy during the year. Do you play any other fantasy sports? Like, do you do yeah. like the NFL, NBA? NFL, big NFL guy. Um, I've only played one year of NBA. I won, um, so it was <laughs> one and done. Um, but NBA was – I actually really enjoy that probably the most. Like, I, I don't really like NBA that much. I, don't, I'm, I, I watch playoffs when it comes about, but I find the day-to-day games just like mundane, right? It's like how many games is there, 100, 100 games or whatever. Whereas, you know, fantasy – 
it's great. Like you got something every single day, roster changes, blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, I'm a big NFL guy. Um, go for the Minnesota Vikings. So they were absolutely embarrassingly bundled out of playoffs by the New York Giants who were then dispatched the following week. Um, do you trust do you tr- do you trust Cousins? Is it No, absolutely not. I, I have no trust in the Minnesota Vikings organization. They've been a horrible side for as long as I've gone for them and it's and, and it kills me every day. I, I read in, I read in the comments that some are trying to some put blame and then some are just saying that if he wasn't the quarterback you'd have like you'd be even worse. So I, right, probably like he's he's like in that tier down from the good guys, right? There's probably five good guys in the league like Mahomes and Burrows and uh, even even like Jalen Hurts is there and then there's like a tier of guys that are just like meh. Like they aren't rookies. They're not bad. They're not that good. That's what we have. What do you think about like the Pat McAfee show and how he gets scoops like Aaron Rodgers coming on when he was like yeah. full full nut jobbing it over the over, yeah. over the off season break on the ayahuasca comes in and what, what is your ayahuasca? Yeah, he talks about it. He oh, I like that. that Ben Lee style, yeah. He's just tripping. I get a lot of inspiration from from Pat McAfee. Like we we don't do um we we don't have the same style like content wise, but like I, I have like concept ideas from him. I watch him a lot. Um, kind of similar story to me. So like, you know, he's a punter and finished his career and into media and um, not that I see myself in him or whatever, but, you know, like even, even the way he does stuff, his YouTube channel, when, when we, when we first started it, we, we like, and it still may happen. We sort of had this concept, like, could, could we do a live show? Like, like McAfee does three hours a day. Right. Um, we've got the equipment here to do it, but it's like, is there an audience in Australia? Probably not. Like you, you definitely capped it, um, especially in the AFL, you capped it in, in an audience. There is a you know a limit to who, who'd be watching that. So yeah, I do get a lot of inspiration from him, but I think we spoke before off camera, like the, the ringer and what they do, like that's what we're doing at Backchat effectively. We're building a podcast network. Um, yes, it's sport at the moment, but you know, we're, we're really looking to build out into business. Um, and and anything really, just like good quality content creators and consistency and um hoping that you know everything we've learned over the last 18 months we can teach other people as well. As as you boys would do. I mean it's literally what you guys do. So um that's sort of the ringer model is I guess what we're basing what we're doing off. You you mentioned before like the size of the Australian audience. Do you think that like I've seen that there's you mentioned that there's like a, a ceiling amount of amount of eyes that you can get. Do, do they? Do you feel like the mainstream media want that to get bigger? You know what I mean? Like there's like people like back chat you. Like the ringer come through in America that was hard to stock because there's so many people. So they, all these sort of stuff want it. But do you think there's room for lots of them? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, and and I guess the other the twofold part of that is you know if you, if you do build something like that, you know is, is does someone want to acquire that or or is it or is it just you know forever? There, like the ring, you know, the ring. But I mean, they sold to Spotify effectively. So, like, um, you know, do, does that exist here? Yeah, like, I, I, I think there's definitely a cap. And, um, but, but I, I do think like media is changing. The way people consume anything is so different to what it was even five years ago, two years ago, um, before you know, before COVID. Like, it's, it's such. You got to, you got to, you know, especially your social stuff. You, you got to, you know. You got to hit those right points, otherwise people don't see it. Um, people don't listen to the radio, like unless they're in their car. You know, whereas twenty years ago, everyone just had the wireless on, right? Like, I, I would say people are moving away from newspapers, especially our age, from eighteen to forty. Uh, like, I don't know how many people that read the paper. Like, I, I might read it if it's in a cafe, but you know, that, that is definitely a big change in how people consume stuff and then what they're consuming, I think, is really changing. And it always follows the lead of America too, right? So all these independent shows that have sprung up the last 10 years in America, that's what's happening here. So the same thing will happen. It's, like, unavoidable. Oh, it's crazy. I just love what pods can do, the power of a pod. Like, if I think about it, like, even, like, 100, 200 years ago, the, the fact that you can just, like, click record, put it out there, and that's we can just do that. I feel like that's just fucking crazy. Like the power that that can give, you know what I mean? As, in, and, as independent media. Yeah, as independent media. And I just feel like it just comes back down to that trust. And uh, and it's interesting. Like, what are you learning at the moment in terms of content and stuff? Like, 
Uh, is it searching these new markets and see how you can bring more eyes and attention into this? Or is it just focusing on other stuff, like you said, like building out different markets and categories? Yeah, like that's always, you know, one one bit about building the audience where I'm sort of always trying, trying to think ahead, but it's sometimes really hard to do, right? Because, you know, you have your podcast audience, they listen to you. So you're not trying to advertise, you know, you're not trying to get to them. They, they're already there. How do you get to new audiences? You know, if they follow you on social, like they're already there too, right? So I, I, I don't know. Like I, I think this year we're definitely trying to branch out into doing you know, different ran- random things in, in new markets. Um, I, I do, you know, back on that the question about the you know, restricted market here in Australia, like I, I do spend a lot of time thinking about podcasts that have an international market. So UFC 284 is over here in Perth um, next week, maybe the week after. We're doing a lot of stuff with KO um, and I'm, I'm, you know, boundary riding effectively at the stadium for Fox and I love my UFC and and that is a that is a podcast that no one really does here in Australia. That it's a huge international market. Um, so uh, look, I'm not copywriting it, so don't go and steal it off me, guys. But I mean, feel feel free. Anyone wants to start one up, um, as you boys know, they're not the easiest Maybe. things to do. That, that is one thing about you podcasts. stole the idea, and then you'd challenge us to a fight. <laughs> You're well, six like, five, I'm five nine. It's not in the well, same like, way. Like the, the the funny thing about podcasts is like, um. You see people doing the same thing, right? Um, you know, Dill, Dill Buckley, Dylan Friends, you know, he's crazy successful. He's, you know, set up producing and and people, I, I think people sometimes compare us and what, what they do, but I, I really don't see as many people as competitors. Like people are either going to listen to you or they're not. Um, and, and yes, it's a com- competitive space, but I, I do think there's like, there's a lot of barriers for people to go and do quality stuff. So like if someone can go and do something quality, like good, like I honestly think like good, good work. Cause I know how hard it is and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not too concerned about every man, woman, and child going and starting podcasts and, and challenging us. Cause it's bloody hard. So if you can do it like great work, like it's, it's not an easy, it's not easy at all. So I don't know. Although it's a competitive industry, I actually don't think it is that competitive. People are just doing their thing and, Trying to hit the market, 100%. basically. We, we see it the same. Like, we, we read some stat. It was like people who love pods, right, or the regular pod listener listens to now more than 20 to 25 hours a week of content. So we're going, all right, sick. You Man, want them like, to listen to all the others. Yeah, because, like, yeah. we can't put out 25. If we put out 25 hours of content, people would yeah. be, I would be ashamed because it'd be the worst. We'd be talking absolute dribble if it was 25 hours a week. So for us, it's like there's so much space where it's more about helping the podcasts transition into listening to podcasts. Yeah. Well. Helping yeah. people come across and realize what's out there. So like, as you grow together sort of thing, that's the vibe that we see with podcasting here in Australia is like, it's still so new compared to what it is everywhere else. And we can sort of help shape it however you want, but it's not like, like you said, it's not because they've got something good going on. That's not bad for us. It's yeah. like, you might want the eyes that week. Fuck spewing. They had heaps of people looking this week, but at the end of the day, it's still good for everyone. If more people listen Bigger to the pulse, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, one thing I did during last year was I, like I was following a lot of other podcasts. Like I, I really like the stuff that Hello Sport guys do. Um, even Bloke in the Bar. Like I, I watch, all, I, I see everything they do. I don't listen to podcasts. I, I do not listen to podcasts, which is hilarious. Like I just... When, when I'm in the car, when I have times when I would, you know, listen to things, I sit in silence because I just, <laughs> I need it. I'm, I'm just a content machine sometimes. And like when I get a chance, I don't want to listen to anything. I just want nothing. I just want to drive and just not think and just not consume things, which is hilarious, right? It's like ironic almost that I'm making all these podcasts and I don't fucking listen to them, but like, I'm the yeah, same, the, be- well, the well, the best thing I did last year, I just unfollowed everyone because I was, it was like doing my head in. I was getting like you know FOMO. Oh, I get a guest on. Oh, fuck, like, we should have fucking got him. It's like who gives a shit? Just like focus on your own shit. Like try and engage your audience. Try and build your audience. Like and just do it. it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Like it doesn't it doesn't affect you in any way other than when you see it and you get this feeling. It's like oh, fuck, like I should be doing this. It should be being better. Like developed into a bit of a like, you know, it gave me like stress and, you know, not anxiety, but like I'd, I'd be so wound up, see someone get a great guest on. I'm like, fuck me. Like, why didn't I do that? Like now they've got them first. Now I can't do it. But like 
I just unfollow them all. And like, who cares? You're just chatting to someone. And it's like the most of your audience won't have heard them anyway. So like, just do your own thing. Is it like competitive sport as well a little bit where you, it challenges you to be better where you're like, fuck, they ran the the hundred in whatever. I reckon I want to beat that. That, that sort such, of such, such kick five this week. Yeah, you know? I want to kick six next. You know, I play that same position and stuff. You that's it sort of spurs you on to be better as well. So it's kind of like the balancing act of emotions, maybe. Yeah, I think, but I think the healthier use of that competitive spirit is if you can like bring it internally into your own business and and tr- try to like beat yourself almost. You know, like get better, more more yeah. systems, more structures. Can, can we grow? Can we can we start a new show? Can we get more? hosts on can we can we get new producers can we you know bring more people in to build this and like and so when you're assessing it right and looking at someone else what they're doing it's like you're looking at yourself and you're like all right how, how do i do this better like how, how do i beat myself which is more it's a healthier way of doing it but it's not an easy like it's not easy to self-assess right like that's hard yeah. it's probably a good segue our uh our sponsor of the show heaps normal question we ask all our guests uh what is your version of heaps normal what's the thing that you turn to when you're looking to get some energy back in your life oh i probably touched on it a bit before um go to the beach so yeah grew, grew up around the beach little nippers at jan jack um would spend pretty much every day down the beach my only ever other job before football was a glassy at the Torquay hotel so i spent a lot of time um you know, around around the beach. So over here, um, I I find, you know, I I was surfing a fair bit a, a while back. I feel like I don't have the time now. But like when you're out in the water, and you know, surfing's a good example. You're just worrying about your next wave. You're not thinking about who the guest is or the content, or you're just worrying about you know getting yourself in the right position to jump on. So, um, the beach is mine. Yeah, that's um, yeah, it's, it's soothing, soothes the soul. I like that. What type of board do you normally ride? Do you ride the big, the big boards, the short boards? I don't know. I'm not a surfer. I had them in the Tinder photos back in the day, but that's how when, we to, when we used to live together, when we first moved out, we first moved out of home together. And um, before we were with Locke's partner, Tiles, and my wife now, but we all four of us moved out and lived together after that. But in Locke's house, he had the, in his room, he had the surfboard and the guitar, the guitar with the Byron Bay sticker on it. Didn't have Byron. Original hipster. You fuck oh. off. But I couldn't do anything. Can't play the guitar. Can't even stand up. But it looked good. You know. That's uh, true. It was all about the aesthetic. I like surf culture. Shut up. Oh. Huh? Mate, we had a we had a surfboard in the back of our back chat set for a while just because like we needed something other than a white wall. And like there was a shitty old surfboard, like it's literally like never been surfed. Like and we had it in the background. Like if you watch our guests from like we had it in the background for like probably more than half the year last year. And like I finally looked at one of our shows, which I don't watch back usually. I was like, what the fuck is there a surfboard in the background of this podcast for? We don't surf. <laughs> oh, we had that. We felt we'd yeah, done, we'd had that. We had the double. We every time we came in and changed the. We had the set that. props, mate. We had the set yeah. props. Oh, they were ready to go. It was like a TV set. Wasn't it, it was a bit like that. But hey, um, you've got some pretty serious stuff going on in your life in the moment. Uh, your brother's going through some stuff. How you how you coping through it? How's the family holding up? Yeah, it's been um it's been a pretty interesting experience. So my brother was diagnosed last year with acute myeloid leukemia. Um, so he's he's a bit older than me, Jace. Um, so he's eighteen years older than me. Um, so uh, mum's first marriage. So he's my half brother, but he's got um niece and nephew who are twenty and twenty two. Um, and yeah, just come out of the blue. He, he runs his own business. runs runs his uh, pl- a plumbing business. Um, sole trader and you know but but basically was tired tired um more tired than usually never missed a day of work in his life you know you know those sort of people who just like get up doesn't matter if they're sick they just go to work and he couldn't get out of bed and he was like Fuck, i'm really crook here so he, um stay in bed stay in bed stay in bed i was like fucking hell go get some blood tests went to blood tests and yeah got, got a call like the next morning it's like go go to emergency right now you've Need to do more tests, and yeah, he had acute, acute or has acute, acute myeloid leukemia, which um, pretty aggressive and rare cancer. Um, so look, it's been a, it's been a battle. Like I'm, fuck, so, so proud of 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 him and and his direct family, his wife Sarah and, and his two kids. Like how they've held up. You know, you know, Sarah's put her life on hold. You know, trying to support Jace. He's had oh, numerous rounds of chemo to get it under control to start with and then you gotta you gotta do a stem cell 
um, transplant, bone marrow exchange. Um, it's pretty fucking hectic, and he and he he's still still going all right. Um, he's sort of right in the thick of it at the moment, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Some sometimes I don't really know how to think about it. It's been really difficult being over here while he's been going through that. Um, so I've I've tried to come over a few times, but you know the reality is it's fucking expensive as well. And he understands that. Like I would just love to be home the whole time, but can't do that. Um, I look like it was fucked. Like we, you know, had, took, took the kids over to see him. Cause like when he got diagnosed, I didn't fucking know he was going to die the next day. Like it was sort of that sort of diagnosis a little bit. Um, they just didn't know how the body was going to react to the chemo initially. And then, so sort of flew over and he hadn't met my, my second son, Sid and, you know, their meeting and, Anyway, like he's an incredibly positive person, so I can only be positive about it. Um, but it's it's really hard for me as a younger brother, you know, watching your older brother go through something like that. He's he he looks like a, a chemo patient. He, he doesn't look well at all, but he's still still fighting pretty hard. Um, like he, yeah, so he started. Yeah, this would be cool if if any of your listeners, you know, maybe experienced something like that or wanted to get around and help. He, he started a a blood donation group with um, the Red Cross, so it's Team Live. Team Long Live Jace Nelson. Um, and basically you can go and donate blood and um and he's got a big team and it goes up on a board. And um he was he was like top of Victoria at one stage. He was beating like corporate, um, like you know, corporate people said maybe he was smashing them as well. So he's got a lot of support from friends and family. So I don't know if you boys have ever, ever donated blood, but if you haven't, it might be time to start. I I'd never done it and I'd never it never came across my radar, but Basically, the reason he did that was when he was in the middle of it all, he um he was getting like daily blood transfusions for like, you know, four to six bags of blood a day. They were flushing his system. And, you know, without blood do- donations, like he's dead, like literally, you know, he's dead. And 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 the whole thing with donating blood is like you can't, you can't manufacture blood. There's no such thing as synthetic blood. So it has to be donated. Um, it only lasts for you know a certain amount of time, so they just constantly need more donations, blood, plasma. And I've learned a lot about it over the last few months. But if anyone is listening, jump onto um, the the Red Cross blood donation uh, website, and you can jump on uh, Team Long Live Jace Nelson. Man, I'm I'm feeling for you and the family you've gone through something like that. But unreal the the mindset he's tackling this with, and and I have never given blood. Oh, I've never, my whole, my my biggest phobia in life is blood test, like legit. Um, phobia. So, yeah, big phobia. Uh, when I was a kid in hospital, I just, I don't know, it just freaked me the fuck out. But the importance, like you just mentioned, I remember as a kid going and not having an issue, but as, it's just developed as I got older. That's what we're going to have to do for sure. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes too, so you'll be able to click on that. Um, cool. But I will say, um, look, I'm not the biggest fan of needles or blood either, but... Uh, the Perth one, at least. I'm not sure what the setup is in Victoria. They they treat you great. You, you do your blood donation, and then you get led into this like the 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 after suite. Right? It's like a VIP suite, right? We got we're talking party pies. We're talking sausage rolls. We're talking ice creams. We're talking juice. Talking all all in the house. Like a, I sat in there for about two and a half hours. Um, it's bloody unreal. So if you can get through the blood side of things, we've got a good feed on the other side for you. Love that the chalky milks, the the lollipops. Yep. I love yep. that shit, brother. Get yep. that sugar back in, baby. <laughs> hey, what, what are you what are you watching at the moment? When you do stop consuming sports media content, what are you watching? Yeah, so yeah, like sport. Watch a lot of sport. I I I really don't watch a lot of TV. Um, oh, there's fucking ABC Kids is on a lot in my house uh, <laughs> with uh, the two two little groms running around. Um, White Lotus. I'm watching White Lotus at the moment. Which my wife and I. Um, we try to make a pact that we, we watch one thing a night together um, and, and just like, you know, watch a show together. So we're on White Lotus at the moment. Are you watching that? I've watched the first like three episodes. Me and my missus doing the same thing. And it started off a bit weird. I was like, is this meant to be funny? And then there was a few bits. I was like, this is grouse. And then it just sort of went a bit weird. But it, I'm engaged and I'm, I'm loving it, to be honest. It's about yeah. nothing. It's it's like, yeah. it's weird because it's not about anything. It's just like shit happening like i don't know i don't know what the point is but it's good yeah it's weird i thought is there a murder coming or the the resort host bro i was loving him he's funny as he's good mate he's very good yeah i am he's my favorite character of all time i reckon he was unreal and stifler's mum was in there as well oh jennifer coolidge yeah love her (laughs) i haven't seen it i've scrolled past 
yeah. a few times where I haven't clicked on it. Yeah. I'm too deep. I'm stuck on one show. Yeah. Do you boys do you, do you boys do um New Year's resolutions? Or I, I think I tried it like maybe twice and it was go to the gym twice and I didn't. <laughs> what back to back years? Yeah, I think it was like 2015, 2016. Oh, yeah, like yeah. No, I didn't do any. No, I wish did, I did. Did you? My well, my, ours were um the, the show a night, um just like 30 minutes together watching something. Um, I I want to read more, so I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read something. A, a book. I'm gonna read a book, whether it be like on my phone or an actual book, like every night. Me one page, but I have to read. Um, and it wasn't a New Year's resolution, but on the show, we did our first back chat show last week, and um, Hamish Brayshaw, who was on West Coast list, um, was second in the sand over last year. He's just a witty, funny man. He's jumped on board full-time with us, and he, his dad's challenged him to be under 90 kilos by the 2nd of April, which is the Monday around one. And I said, fuck, I need to lose some weight as well, mate, so I'm going to jump on. So I'm trying to lose 10 kilos in the next two months, and I have... I have not ex- like like I'm 108. Um, lots of people say you don't look it, which I think is a worse thing. Like I think I think it's worse that people can't tell I'm 10 kilos over my playing weight. Like I used to play at 98, I'm 108, which is huge. Um, so I'm trying to lose that. Um, I'm trying to get down to 98 kilos in the next two months. But you're a tall man. You you're six mean? foot five, aren't you? You're a fucking great. Yeah. Body, the body's got to carry something. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know where it is, but like, that's an interesting, I don't know how, how you've found it, lads, but like coming out of footy, like exercise, it was just a God-given gift that I did that. Like that, that was, you know, my job was to exercise. Like if you break it right down, you come out in, into having jobs and you got to make time to exercise. And I found that really challenging, not only from a timing point of view, but a motivation point of view. And I like, I spent a lot of time thinking about like, like I just, I just have no motivation to go for a run. Like I just cannot be fucked. And if and if I am running, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna walk. Like this is stupid. And I think the two reasons are number one, like I've, I've you know done done it for a long time and, and sort of been a part of my job. So I think it's like difficult to do it like recreationally, like for your health, <laughs> which is what. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is because I've done it at a high level for so long, I have trouble going for a jog because I'm like, what what am I? what am I beating? You know, what am I doing this for? Like you did a, you know, five and a half minute K, like, like it's embarrassing. I get quite critical of myself. So then I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not going. It's just, I'll just go to work, which is, yeah. Uh, reflecting, I think probably mentally, it's not a good thing at all when you don't exercise. So I'm looking for the next couple of months. I'm going to try to run four times a week. Me fit. Yeah. Four, four times a week. So you're eating the same shit and just exercising more. Or is it sh- changing everything? Um, look, I've done a bit of a, a, a look through my lifestyle and cut down on soft drink. I don't think I'm going to cut down on beers. I, I do like having a beer. So difficult to do that. I'll just, you know, if I, if I, you know, have one, I won't have any, but if I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to have a drink, um, soft drink out, um, like stops having so much pasta. Like I don't need a carbo load anymore. Like I just fucking love pasta, but I stop having that. Food. No junk food. Like. Yeah, try and eat like a good breakfast and then maybe not much lunch. Like just a bit of that sort of tactic. I don't know. As you can tell, I don't know what the fuck. I'm you don't even sound like you sound like uh, you'd definitely be motivated to do it, but you don't sound that excited to be cutting. I'm not. Out. I'm <laughs> not, <laughs> mate. Things, you know, like- I'm not. Because like, I don't know, like I know it's exercise and how I know, like I know how important it is, but I also just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go on this like binge of, you know, don't do this and don't do that and not not have you know, it's a good time to be had. I want to have it. Like, you know, using my brother as an example, like so quickly, like life can change. Yeah, I just I don't want to look back and be like, oh fuck me, like how good was sacrificing all this shit for what? Like, yeah, like my 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 mental and physical health. But uh, I, I find it like I watch the like you only scroll through content that there's the amount of fitness influences that there are. I find it that. The whole concept confusing because they're unless they're training for like bodybuilding, they're just training. They're not training yes. for anything. And there's not like a you got the specific training. Don't hey, you? I want to win. I'm training because I'm going to compete in something that I want to do all right at. And I, I was a bit the same after after footy. I had a couple of big blowouts. I'm not a big dude, but I like you were the dumpling king for a couple of months. You were rolling down the stairs, bro. I was. I did my knee. I was in a brace for like four months, crutches for six, and I was working at Telstra at the time and. 
I was going to the place, there's a place in Melbourne called Don Don's. It was like Japanese curry and that. And I was like, there's stains on the wall, bro. They're that good. It was so. just, there's a line out the door every day, but I go there every day. And I had like, ja- like chicken curry, extra carrot. And then come the end of the year, my contract was finished because I was consulting through there and I went to go to a new job. My wife hadn't told me, everyone's been nice to me, you know what I mean? Like, because I got knee and whatever. And, Went to put my suit on to go for my my job interview oh, and yeah. literally couldn't get my suit. They were nowhere near done up. <laughs> and I'd like avoided the scale for anything, but I'd put on like, I'm five nine. I was sitting at like 86, 87. And I like, when I was like, <laughs> I was like 71 kilo. So I'd put on a, a good thing and I've done a couple of yo yos up and down. Like, I fasting. dropped fasting like three months. I dropped like 13 just from cutting out all the stuff that you talked about. I don't like yes. doing it, didn't want to do it. But I did it once and then you sort of can get through for a period. And then I'm on oh, another yeah. health kick at the moment where I'd, I'm back down. <laughs> I'm back down. But again, you're eating Matilda's food, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm starving, bro. I'm starving. I want pasta every night and I want seconds because I want it, you know. But yeah. it's the balance of one life and like I need to set myself up and make sure I'm doing the right <laughs> things. But like anything can happen, like you said, you know, like I love when cheeseburger and, yeah. and, and nuggets and like. Correct. It's like, what do you want to. What, what what do you want to sacrifice? I, th- I think you just need to find a balance, like like anything. Like I, you know, I don't think giving up drinking is a you know healthy thing for me because it's a really social thing. I do. I don't drink alone. Drink we drink with people. So I think for me, like something like that would would, would stop like a social element. So you know, having a balance and not just saying no, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, I mean that that's important. Like the the, the I try to put my wedding suit on 2015 wedding and i'll try to put it on a couple of months ago and i genuinely was like a fucking open v like not even like i, I could have worn two belts and it wouldn't have fit seriously <laughs> i love that though living loving life though oh you go through peaks and troughs you know what I mean? that is life you can't be always peak 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 yeah that's it yeah hey, what are you excited about this year what's what's on your plate yeah i mean you know we spent last year building the podcast like so like, like i said we you know, wanted to get a thousand listeners. Um, so we, we did that. Once we sort of hit that milestone, really, you know, ticked up, we're probably hitting, you know, depending on the guests we are, we're probably hitting anywhere between 20 and 40,000 listeners a, a week, um, you know, at the back end of last year. So I think we've got the podcast in a, you know, in a good position in, in terms of that. And I think like we really want to focus and, and we've changed a few things we do around with the structure around that, get great guests on. But um, you know, just just openly, like my my focus is on building probably the bigger picture stuff for the business. So you know, building in a lot of structures. We got we got six staff here now, um, so not including Dan and I. Um, so make, making sure we we got some systems in place that as we grow, we can actually you know scale what we're doing. So this year, I think, although I want to keep back chat humming, um, you know, my focus will be on building the business and and you know, you know creating more content and. You know, we've got five podcasts on at the moment on the network. We, we want to get that definitely over 10. Um, and whether that be creating pods ourselves or acquiring new pods with, you know, great people to work with, um, you know, wh- whatever it is, we, we want to do more. And to do more though, you know, as you guys know, like you need to grow what you're doing internally. So that that that's like, that's what we're doing. And I'm excited about that. Like, I, you know, I do think like the last 12 months was sort of growing back chat, the podcast, but then this year's back chat studios, which is, which is more exciting. Like anyone listening that wants to do podcasts or, you know, make a business out of it. Like you can monetize a podcast, right? Like um, you can sell merch, you can YouTube monetization. Um, you can get VIP stuff. You can get sponsorship, but there is a cap. Like you, you're not going to earn a million bucks off a podcast in Australia. It's just like not going to happen. It will not exist. But um, you know, a content creation studio that makes podcasts, you, you might well, you know, takes takes the cap off, doesn't it? Like if, if you've got 20, 30, 40 podcasts in a network, you know, you're not you're not just back chat the podcast, you've got a huge audience that you can sell. Like, I mean, that's what that's what Spotify is really like, you know, in a bit a different world. Like, you know, they they sell advertising to a, a bigger audience. So, like, yeah, and it gives you more, you know, diversity and Everything like that. So yeah, I'm really excited to grow that side of things. That's the most exciting shit because it is like the Wild West and you can get influence from all different industries and, and markets. And, you know, that's what we're kind of excited about too. It's like 
doing that thing and scaling it up it's like how i see it as like a tradie with a with a business like a like an electrician or a plumber or whatever you know what i mean it's just scaling it out and building out that business and it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of years with um, the way work is and what people want from their life and careers and um you know it's exciting it's magic that you're doing this shit and providing like a a shining light for for people over there doing things differently and doing it your way i think it's cool as fuck and it's been awesome to have you on the pod brother yeah it's been good could um could chat for for a couple more hours i reckon boys um should do it again um enjoy what you boys are putting out as well excited for uh social club coming out Mate, we've got to get you involved, brother. We're going to go to, we're going to come to WA this year at some point. So oh, we yeah. need to get some sun. Yeah. I'll pretend to get the surfboard out. We get a few photos and then yeah, the guitar yeah, and the surfboard and sit on the beach, get some photos. You'll have to show us around. Like WA is meant to be amazing, eh? You ever, you ever been out here? Nah, I've been, uh, I used to, when I lived in Canada, my housemates were from like Esperance and shit and a few mm. from Frio. So I saw lots of photos. It looks fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's, it's epic. Like it's, it's it's quite similar. Honestly, like Geelong, even the surf coast, like it's a pretty similar setup. It's a small, it's a sm- it, it's just a smaller, you know, um, it's just a smaller community. Like no one really goes into the city of Perth. There's all different suburbs everywhere and, you know, it's, it, it does feel like a sp- small community because you go to like Sydney or Melbourne or even Brisbane now, like it, it feels like a big city, whereas Perth, Perth's not. Um, so good weather, uh, good people and um, yeah, excited for the, for the year to come. Well, man, thank you so much for jumping on and excited to get this pot out into the world. Unreal. Cheers, fellas.